0: Welcome to a special end of season edition of Come, Come On Your Reds, the Toronto FC podcast. It's a pleasure as always. I am Gareth Wheeler. Uh, it's a good chance to sit down, put a bow on the season that was, as well as look ahead to the future. And who better to do that that with than head coach of Toronto FC, Mr. Bob Bradley. Good to see you, Bob. How are you? I'm okay. Good to be here. Uh, it's been a couple days since the end of the season. Is that enough time to be able to sit back, kind of reflect on the highs and lows of the campaign that was and everything that was brand new that came your way this season?
1: No, it takes more time, um, but it's a normal process at the end of every season where you reflect, uh, um, go back through notes, look at games again and again, um, and obviously create real discussions with uh, with our staff. Uh, we sit down with players, so there's a lot to do, but yeah, we're still, uh, we're still thinking about many things.
0: You came to Toronto, obviously with knowledge of the club, you know, what the city was all about as well. Did anything surprise you when it came to you know, what you actually experienced or, or potentially even the job that had to be done and was required in rebuilding this team?
1: There were no surprises. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, we love Toronto. We have been here, it's an amazing city. Uh, and, and a big reason that I was so excited then and now is um, the connection that the club has with the city and the fans. So uh, that part in the Bradley family means so much and uh, the work that goes into rebuilding this team is all dedicated to, to the fans and the city to make sure that we can put a team in front of them that competes at the highest level, that plays great football, uh, and there's work to be done. So on that end, uh, still a huge level of excitement. Uh, As far as the challenge, uh, no, I knew that there was a lot of work that uh, was needed. Um, It happens at different times with different teams in sports where uh, you get to a point and things now need to be reviewed and there needs to be, I I, I try to stay away from the word rebuilding, but I process to really work again to get a team and standards uh, up to par.
0: Obviously a change came on the field. 20 players left the club. You yourself, your coaching staff, largely brand new as well. So there is going to be a period of transformation, yet we live in a microwave world where everyone wants things done instantaneously. Is that a realistic expectation in the football world today? And for this club, that things happen just like that?
1: It just depends on the situation when uh, you know, anybody takes over. So was it realistic that this team this year was going to um, have the kind of roster to compete at the, the top, top end of the league? Probably not. Uh, of course, when you start out training, the hope is that things can come together quickly, that you'll see Many guys improve in leaps and bounds right away. Uh, and, and there's this push to continue to go and go and go. But no, the, the idea that we were going to immediately flip a switch and become a great team, uh, there's a process. And the process involves many, many things. It involves establishing standards. Uh, It involves ideas on how you train every day. There's got to be an agreement and a a sense, shared vision of of how we're going to play. And and then if you consider the challenge that some guys are coming in midseason, Lorenzo and and Mimo, and then as it turned out, Fede and Mark Anthony and Richie, uh, there, there were changes at that point. Uh, So, yeah, there was always going to be things uh, that provided great challenges. You know, when I get asked about the season, I I typically start by saying challenging. It was very challenging.
0: Yet there were some real positive steps. Um, some momentum that was building in the team, you could feel it just being in the stadium, Bob. I mean, that Charlotte 4-0 victory at home, that's something that will stick with me. Of all the nights covering this team over the years at BMO Field, that was something special. Even the last night of the season when the playoff hopes were gone. The stadium was full, it was alive. There's a real vibe around this team right now. I wonder if, if you felt that, or if maybe there's something else that you're proud of that you were able to establish this season.
1: Well, clearly we felt the excitement in the stadium. Uh, and, and the excitement level rose, uh, of course, when Lorenzo and Fede and Mimo arrived and, and there was the connection immediately between those players. Um, and, and a big part of our fan base. So that, that was something that everybody uh, absolutely loved. Um, look, the other thing that I, I really enjoyed was, even though it was still more inconsistent than we wanted, uh, there's always a feeling that in, in any moment when we play good football, whether it's for a few minutes, whether it's a half, or whether it's a more complete game, that there's an appreciation of the football that got played that day. And I always knew that, that uh, the, 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 fans here are uh, into the game, they're passionate and they understand what the game is all about. And so when you play well and you know, they can see it and they feel it and they appreciate it, that's important. And you know, when I look at all the home games, yeah, ups and downs, but There were enough days where the football or the goals that we scored, uh, the way the ball moved, uh, moments where we won the ball and attacked quickly. There were enough moments like that um, in the home games where I know our fans could see something. Uh, We've got work because we didn't have as many of those when it came to away games and we're still not as consistent. It shows in the record, it shows in uh, the fact that we still give away too, too many goals. Uh, it still shows in the fact that oftentimes we create advantages but don't do well enough to take that advantage and really make a big chance. So there's always a list of things where you see football-wise uh, how much further we have to go. But hopefully the fans saw some of those little things that give them hope of the kind of football that we will continue to play and, and the team will be up until the the final couple weeks of the season, like playoffs was still a realistic
0: expectation for this group. So it's not as if the group was a mile off. And when you're building this team, and it might not be a rebuild, retool, when you're constructing what a Bob Bradley Toronto FC team is going to look like. I mean, the team that you had this year was a group of players that have been with Toronto FC for quite some time. A group of young players really getting their first taste of first team regular football. Then, like you said, important players coming to this club midstream, partway through the season. These, there's some real talent there, Bob, but how does this collection of good players become a competitive team? And when I say competitive, I mean a team that can compete for MLS Cup. What's it going to take to make that transition?
1: Uh, well, in a simple way, we need a preseason, right? We need, we need time together. Uh, I, I think we were able to do a good job of quickly understanding uh, what Fede's like on the field, what Lorenzo's like on the field, how to incorporate their qualities and their talents. Um, but there are other details that, that we've gotta still determine with those guys. You know, How much of a pressing team are we gonna be? Uh, I, I think we wanna always be a team that when we lose certain balls Um, has a mentality in some situations to go and win it back quickly, but that doesn't mean that we're a team that's ready to press for 90 minutes a game. And and so the understanding of um, what our ideas are when we have the ball, and how that gets us into good positions, how it gets our best players into areas where they can make plays, score goals, and then how all of that fits with uh the team understanding of what we want to do when we lose the ball and and the balance of how attack goes with defense we we've got to get through preseason we've got to work at how some of those things come around we we just haven't had enough time together uh and and even the final stretch from charlotte until the end of the season uh became inconsistent because oftentimes the lineups from game to game were inconsistent. And, and so, you know, we, we were all excited when we played that first half against Charlotte because in addition to uh, what could Lorenzo could give us on the left and Fetty on the right, it was a game where Michael and Mark anthony Kaye and Oso were together in the midfield. And we didn't get enough games where those three were on the field together. Um, Richie came later. So there's just uh, details that come when we have the consistency of training, having guys healthy, and then uh, taking the things that we work on every day and and testing them in games.
0: A preseason will be valuable for them. It'll be valuable for you as well. Bradley Ball's thrown around there. Do you like that term, Bradley Ball? No. (laughs) No, you don't? No. Because not everyone has their name attached to a way of playing.
1: No, because that's not how it works. It's not. The way a team plays is not something that, that, like, I've come up with. Um, I think you have ideas on things that good teams do, and then you try to have a picture of what your players are all about, uh, and then you try to build in and implement certain ideas. Uh, For sure, when we have the ball, we want to be a team that finds good ways to go forward. Uh, We want to find a mix of control in the game, but also moments when we can go forward faster, um, get into the box before the other team has so so many defenders back. Um, we played some home games where teams chose to play against us in a low block. And we still then need work on uh, how you can create chances against a low block. That's one of the biggest challenges in football. You see it regularly. Uh, and then as I mentioned earlier, I think this idea that, that when you lose the ball, um, uh, what is the team going to look like? Uh, I, I don't think we wanna be a team that defends very deep on the field for the whole game. Uh, I don't think we wanna be a team that allows the other team to uh, regularly have a, a large amount of possession. I think we wanna find a good balance Um, in in the way we do things and you know I think good teams take advantage of the strengths of the best players I think good teams are complete I think good teams can win games in different ways Uh, yeah and then I I certainly I I'm a fan of football when I watch the best teams the best players I see things that are exciting I want to make sure that that we're a team that's fun to watch that's exciting
0: When other managers look at the team and some of the players you have, uh, there has to be some level of jealousy. Like you have some phenomenal phenomenal players in your group, but coming up with the right way for all of it to work within the team concept, that does present a different challenge. It's not as simple as putting those players into the team and then making sure that the group reaches their full potential. I, I think we're actually, and I don't know if you'd agree with this, we're seeing a little bit of a changing of the guard in Major League Soccer. These teams that have been perennially successful over the last seven, eight years, Atlanta, Portland, Seattle, throw TFC in that group. None of these sides made the playoffs this time around. So are you incorporating different ideas? Do you have a different vision on how to be successful in this new Major League Soccer that we're experiencing? Uh,
1: The new Major League Soccer just is is built on more teams having their own identities, uh, more teams having a defined style of play. Uh, The teams that you mentioned Uh, are all teams that uh, when you're successful, then you are always challenged with how you transition from being a successful team. Do you keep players when you have more experienced players? How long do they play? Are you quick to make changes? Uh, Those are all factors in terms of how teams maintain success. and, and I think everybody knows that in a league that has certain restrictions and salary budgets and everything else, um, it's a little bit different than the way some other leagues work where top teams can still pretty much stay at the top all the time. So that that certainly is part of what we see in MLS. Um, but no matter where you go or, or what kind of football you like, um, a team that that has good ideas on how to go forward, can create chances, a team that's got a solid understanding of how to defend when when the ball is lost, a mix of pressing with reorganization, uh, with compact defending. Look, these are qualities that that you see in all good teams, and so you have to try to figure out with your group how those things work. Um, Again, you can have the ball a lot, um, but that's gotta lead to chances. Uh, when you lose the ball, um, you've gotta have a way to make sure that the other team doesn't have an easy time doing what they want. You've gotta find a way to uh, still win balls in areas that can help you create chances, that's part of it. So there's, there's different factors that you, you try to build into your team and, and make sure players are on the same page. Two other things I wanna ask you about. One, it's building off of that vision. This off season, there's
0: clearly work to do. Um, How does that process and planning work with your front office team? And is there a position? Is there a type of player that you're looking to add to help this group take those next steps forward? Uh,
1: Since I came here, I think we've worked very hard to establish a process, a small group of people, um, understanding of how to use data, uh, creation of, of real discussions of what kind of football we want to play. Uh, we've worked hard to create profiles for different positions so that when we're looking around, uh, we've got an idea of what kind of player in a certain position fits the way we want to play. Um, the work with Jason Hernandez, Jack Dodd, Arthur Kasupinen, uh, Mike Sorber, Paul Stolteri. Uh, look, I think the, the group of us, works very well together Um, you know we share everything with Bill so that he always knows what's going on but we work collectively and and I think we are trying to establish a real process uh, upon which decisions get made I think that's the way the best clubs in the world operate you know I said to Bill um, when I arrived that that I don't think there's many clubs in the world anymore where one person can just say, I want this guy and that's all there is to it, right? You know, um, uh, I don't know this for a fact, but the word has always been that at Liverpool, uh, Jurgen Klopp at first didn't want Mohamed Salah. And there was a small group of people. And as they looked through things, it got put over and over and over. And eventually as a group, they made a decision that he would be the best choice. Uh, and my man Salah has done pretty well, and I think pretty that, well. that worked out <laughs> just fine. So I'm always trying to make sure that that everyone here understands that that is the direction that we need to go, and I think we're we're working well in that regard. Um, as a starting point, uh, we still feel that uh, at times defensively. Even when we were organized well, we made mistakes. So I think we are understanding that uh, we, we can look for some help in the defensive parts of the field, whether whether that's central defense, um, discussion on where we are with goalkeepers. Obviously, Alex and Q have been here for a while, have done great jobs, but there's ongoing discussions about where we're going in terms of that, that position. Uh, we need to add some depth in the midfield. And, you know, we didn't get consistent play uh, from the the striker position. You know, Jesus had a really good start. Uh, The second part of the season didn't go as well. Uh, Io is a young striker with with great potential. Uh, I think this year was still uh, a challenge that when you come off of a major surgery, Uh, sometimes you need that first full season under your belt. Uh, And and so I'm glad that we were able to push him and keep him healthy. Um, But we we certainly look uh, closely around the field and and think of how we can improve ourselves.
0: So by the sounds of it, there there will be change. It's inevitable. Yes. Is there a danger of there being too much change? Like, are you cognizant of that or are you open-minded? It
1: depends what players you bring in. No, we're open-minded. You know you're you're constantly challenging each other with how to put together the best roster. Um, The work this year uh, to establish certain ideas, a way of training uh, when you show up every day, what's expected. uh, You learn a lot. You see which guys respond well. Uh, There's always this idea that you want players that love to love football. All right, come in every day excited. are open to being coached, uh, want to get better, and, and you know with everything that we do, uh, not everybody would agree with it, but the, the, the idea of training sessions where we create game actions, where we are constantly trying to help players see little things that they can do better, uh, video, stopping training in certain moments to show a guy uh, a situation, there's, there's a real attempt to try to help everybody get better. Um, does everybody embrace that? Uh, not always, you know, I'm not always sure why, but, um, and that's not new here. That's, that's been the case everywhere. You always appreciate, um, players that, that get a taste of what we want to be. Um, the kind of football that we want to play, I think is exciting. I think, uh, uh, anybody who loves football would love to try to be here and 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 be in training every day uh, and, and, and want to play the kind of football that we are showing at times. So yeah, we got to keep working to figure out how to get the right group.
0: Lastly, I have to ask you about the kids. I say the kids that way because they probably don't like being referred to as kids anymore. But a lot of young players, there was a steep learning curve for some this season, like some really good moments. And some ones that are absolutely teachable and will go a long way to building the type of player they are in the future. Even TFC2, really solid year as well. What did you learn about them? And do you think there was a little bit of an eye-opener about what that step is like from playing with a reserve or a TFC2 team to coming up and playing with the first team?
1: Uh, Look, I'm always excited to work with young players. Um, I've had a... Great time working with some young players all over the world, uh, seeing them grow. Always excited when, when some of them move on and, and do great things. And uh, you, you want to try to challenge young guys in the right way, you want to encourage them, you want to push them, you, you, you want to see them Excited and respond Uh, The bar gets set high and and so there are days where you back up a little bit because maybe it's too much for certain guys Um, And then you you assess Uh, I I think that the young group of players here uh, In the first half of the season many of them got opportunities Um, That was important because I think they some of them felt they they were ready for opportunities Uh, And then when they get on the field, you have things that you can look at, that you can show them, that you can talk to them about. Um, So that part of the work went on throughout the season and we'll continue and we'll see what happens. It's gonna be a busy off season. League's Cup
0: starts next year. Other curveballs are gonna be thrown your way. It's a gold cup year, year, but first the World Cup. I had the pleasure of being in two stadiums for your games in 2010 in South Africa. Dramatic 2-2 final, unfortunately, two and lost an extra time in Ghana. Ghana gets the United States. Um, when you're looking on, which team do you think will do the best from CONCACAF? Is the US, Canada, Mexico, Costa Rica? Some some intriguing players on these sides and I think some decent questions can be asked by all of them.
1: Uh, I'm excited for both the United States and Canada. Uh, I, I think that there's uh, talent on both teams. Uh, I think that uh, it's so important for the game in Canada uh, that this team qualified, uh, the way they qualified, some of the personalities, some of the talents. Um, and, and from my experience in the World Cup, uh, the one thing that I think about is, is that the work along the way um, is so important because when you get to the World Cup, uh in group play things happen quickly and there's going to there's usually a moment in that first round whether it's in the second game or whether it comes down to the third game but one moment where you are right on the fence you're either going to make a play or have the mentality to get through something or it's just not going to happen and uh i think that that when I was the U.S. coach in the cycle leading into South Africa, we had some advantages. Um, We played amazing friendlies against big teams. Uh, We played Brazil a few times. We played Argentina a few times. We played England and Wembley. We played Spain and Santander. We played Switzerland and Basel. We played Sweden and Gothenburg. Uh, And then of course we were in the Confederations Cup in 2009. Second place, right? Ah, uh, we lost in the final. Yeah, yeah you're rubbing a lot in dirt. So, um, <laughs> just facts. Uh, no, just facts. but you're you're going out of your way. Right <laughs> um, but those experiences paid off, and with the the advent of uh, nations leagues, uh, Concacaf nations league, European nations leagues. Teams aren't able to have the same level of games. There's no more Confederations Cup. And so it's, it's a bigger challenge for teams to know what it's like to play in those kind of games against those kind of players and be ready. Now, I think both John and Greg do an excellent job, both do excellent jobs, and we'll have the guys prepared. But I, I know that will be a huge challenge and I'm excited to watch.
0: We can't wait. You should be working on a broadcast somewhere, to be honest with you. No, I'll Your be presentation walking. skills, your wealth of knowledge. See, now I'm pumping your tires a little yeah, bit. No. no more shots.
1: I'm not a TV guy. <laughs> That's um, for sure.
0: Bob, this has been great. Honestly, the excitement is back with Toronto FC. And I'd say enjoy some time off, but I have a feeling that you're just going to be working hard. No, we've these got a lot
1: weeks. to do, but thank you.
0: Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, Gareth, good. Bob Rowley, joining us here on Come On Your Reds. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Come On Your Reds. Continue to watch and subscribe on Toronto FC's YouTube channel or however you subscribe to your Toronto FC podcast.